Okay, good morning, everyone. My name is Stephen Stewart. I'm the CEO of QC Copper and Gold. We're traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol QCCU. I'm very pleased to be joined here today by our Vice President of Exploration and Director, Charles Beaudry. He is the, the brains behind uh, everything we've accomplished at the OpenMISCA. Uh, and, and what we've accomplished, of course, is we published a, a, a maiden resource back at the end of last year of over 100 million tonnes at nearly 0.9% uh, copper equivalent. And uh, we've since financed ourselves very well. And we are in the process of expanding that resource. We've got 60,000 metres uh, planned for the first six to seven months of this year. Lots of news flow coming and, and all will be culminated in an updated resource uh, estimate uh, towards the end of 2022. Stephen, Charles, nice to meet you both. Um, thank you very much, Stephen, for the introduction. That's a great introduction. Um, now, I, I'm confessing my ignorance here. I'm completely new to QC Copper and Gold. It was the first time uh, I've really come across you. I watched some of the Crux interviews. I've been through the presentation, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really interested in getting into the bones of this because it it, it looks like a fascinating story. And I just wonder if you could. Um, one of the things I saw, you've got a photograph in there from I think 1954 of the of the process plant uh, working. Could you just kind of in, in, at very high level talk about how it went from I think it was Falconbridge operation in the 50s to where it's sitting now as a kind of a as a derelict kind of is it, it it was an underground mine is it just kind of nothing else that's then you know when did it close down okay so um the the uh the the uh, the deposit was was discovered back in the late 20s or early 30s um, and uh, there was some work that was done, including they put down a shaft in the 30s, but then uh, there was just no infrastructure in the region. Uh, and it was only when they, uh, when they opened up the road from uh, Lac Saint-Jean up to uh, Shibugamu, because they, as you know, they were discovering uh, deposits in, in the Shibugamu uh, district itself. And uh, when they opened up the road, it basically made the, the Chape camp uh, economic. And Falcon Bridge had that since uh, the 30s. And uh, they 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 developed uh, the deposit, the original Springer deposit on uh, on on an initial shaft, and then uh, what you can see uh, on our uh, on our slide. Uh, can I show that? Yeah, yeah, sure. And, uh, sorry, you've just used three words, three names there. You've so you used Springer, Chape, and Opimiska. So are these all referring to the same thing? So so uh, okay, Chape is the town that you can see behind the the head frames. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Opimiska is the overall project. Okay. And the, and our resource is sitting on two different mines. Okay. It's called the Springer, which, which basically is sitting underneath the, uh, the old mill and to the, to the, to the, to the left uh, and uh, uh, to the right. And the, uh, and the, and the Perry uh, mine, which is, uh, which is located uh, uh, to the, to the left of the, uh, of that, of that image. And, um, and so, so, so the uh, so so the the mining started in '53, uh, principally on the number three vein, and they so uh, in uh, in in uh, 1953 the, uh, the 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 initial production started with very uh, they were mining very high grades underground from the uh, from the Springer mine, and uh, principally on the number three vein, and the uh, and they mined and eventually they opened up the uh, the the Perry uh, in the early '60s, I think. And um, and eventually they developed two other mines, two other satellite deposits in the camp called the uh, the Cook and the and the Robitaille, which are, which both of those mines are located on an adjacent property, which we also have uh, optioned off, and and we are moving towards a hundred percent acquisition as we are with the uh, with the uh, the Opamiska uh, pro property itself. 
and and, um, and they, they they were high grade narrow vein kind of yeah what's too. interesting and it's going to come back in a bit a bit later what's interesting is that you know when you think of uh, uh, orogenic uh, structural deposits in the abitibi in the Archean, like whether in the abitibi or even in in uh, in in Australia, it's, it's basically the same. You you basically you have these very deep structures that are that are that are that are that are mineralized, and and your your deposits tend to be very linear oriented. Here it's a very different beast because we're dealing with a, essentially a, a, a multiple vein system that occurs over a very wide area. Okay, it occurs yeah. over a wide area, and and the um, and the veins are all produced in relation in, in in response to the to the deformation in a in a in a thick uh, gabbro peroxinite uh, sill. Okay. Okay. So so you've got the feeder structure next to a. Yeah. Well, that's my uh, that's uh, my uh, that's, that's my interpretation, uh, right? You got a feeder structure next to something which is brittle, which has fractured, and that Correct. fracture pattern has enabled the fluids to kind of come through it excellent that's exactly the, the that's exactly the interpretation this by the way is is, is controversial strangely it's controversial okay. <laughs> but that's another story for um, for for a bunch of geeks around a beer but uh, well, you, you you say that but you say a bunch of geeks but you're going to find out this year because if you're going to be so just just um uh Steve, just to just to be clear what you what you're going to be doing this year is you're going to be drilling around these high grade zones to see what the infill is the halos that's the, that's the basic thesis for that's right. the, the year's work isn't it correct and it's important because it, it's uh, it, the the reason why we're doing this is is a is a is a consequence of the of the history of the project okay essentially what happened was as you, as you know um, uh, interpreting these uh, these deposits is not just a question of saying okay the geology is going like this or like that it's really about digitizing a bunch of uh, of, of, of wireframes and building volumetrics from those wireframes and then interpolating grades within them right that's that's the way we do it so it's it, the, so there's different ways of doing these things and when we uh, when when we did the uh, the, the original wireframing work was before we we even started drilling on uh, on the on the project in 2019. We added to that later on, but it was essentially what we did was we we basically we we started by digitizing all the stopes, which are which are still there. I mean, those don't change because they're physical they're physical bodies. But then we we put around the stopes we 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 put envelopes of uh, mineralization, which we called our veins. Okay, low grade veins, if you want. And um, and and what sorry, what, what so, 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 sorry just 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 to be clear, the when you said that the mine the stopes were were planar, yeah. Did you did you do a search? Did you search for the for the, the mineralization kind of on the plane of of that, Correct. or did you or did you do any kind of interpolation of the grade away from the plane of the mineralization or not? The, did you just what, keep what we what keep we it did, on that plane? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What we did was we we. Uh, we we uh, we had the uh, we we had the stopes okay and uh, and uh, I'll get back to to the stope in in a second what we did with the with the assays inside them but but we we knew, we knew and we could see from the original drilling and from the underground maps and all that stuff we could we could see that there was um, that there was a lot of mineral low grade mineralization left in the wall rocks they 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 were limited because of the of the way they were mining this stuff they were limited to a cutoff grade of one and a half percent. And and so so and and the and the mineralization decreases away from the from the core of the veins gradually. It's not it's not a it, it, there there is a, a, a clear cut uh, structure typically associated with the high grade veins. 
sustained. But but the wall rocks, particularly around Springer, the wall rocks are all busted, and uh, and 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 the, and the wall rocks are are all mineralized. So the fluids, it's like exactly like you said in in the way we interpret it is that the fluids basically came up the the uh, the, the Willem fault, and then then they moved into the hinterland, right? They moved into the into the structures that were that were produced when the when the sill was folded as a result of movement along that fault. And so, so the fluids moved into these structures, these uh, these uh, axial planar, if you want, uh, for, uh, structures and and radial structures, and 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 they moved up and away from those structures into the into the wall rock. So it created this amazing, uh, you know, several football fields of uh, of of veins, high grade veins with stopes, and surrounded by a bunch of low grade material. So it's it's really. It, this is the irony of it, and and in hindsight, it's really obvious that this was a really great candidate for. So it's a really great candidate for uh, for open pit mining. Yeah, it's a bulk bulk mining target. Okay, that, that's two, right. I've got two questions. So yes. the first question is: In um, the old days, how much vertical continuity did they have? Did they did they go down on the same structure, or were they hunting around? You know, do these does the mineralization jump? Between planes, and how much Mo vertical continuity? Mo mostly, okay. So, the, 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 in fact, it's both. Okay, in a way, it's both. But mo mostly, it's just these these main major structures. Okay, that were that 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 were mined, and these things they go down, but they don't go down forever because they're constrained. And I'll show you. Uh, they're constrained by the fold, right? They're constrained by the fold. So, so the the the, the contact of that of that fold. Is 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 the is the contact of the sill, and when you get into the into the uh, into the, the 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 underlying rocks in the in the volcanics, the the structures are still there, but they're not they're not nearly as well mineralized. Okay, so it's a real so it's a rheological contrast. It's a competency. It's the, the way and that chemical and chemical because these rocks chemical. are iron rich, right? And that okay, we so know. It's very favorable for uh, for mineralization. Okay, so just to, just for um, the rheology is the way that a rock will flow in different temperatures and pressures. And yeah. So yeah. You, what you're basically saying is that the the the, the gabbroic sill was it gabbroic or was yep. it diorite? Gabbroic yep. sill, which has got a certain chemistry and it behaves in a certain way under certain temperatures and pressures, right. was more brittle than the surrounding volcanic rocks, and therefore it fractured better so that the fluid yeah, and, and, the chemistry, chemistry, and the chemistry, so there was a, there was a, there was a pressure drop and a chemical um, right. ele right. element too, which encouraged the precipitation of the sulfide minerals yeah. as that as a preferential host. That's right. right. And, 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 and what makes it attractive, what makes it interesting uh, from, a, from an economic point of view, is the fact that there are several veins over that go over a wide uh, zone, and uh, and we in addition, so we had the two vein systems at Perry to the northeast, and which are which the veins are more radial relative to the fold structure instead of being axial planar, and then you have Springer, which is more axial planar along almost parallel to the to the to the ax the fold axis, and and these these structures they they're steep but they dip to the north and they go down. To the contact and they go beyond, but but it's really the mineralization is is focused along that contact and in the in the gabbro. Okay? And um, sorry, another question is: is there any dissemination within the gabbro, or is it all? On no, the, it's the really all structural. But but okay. when when I say structural, when you look at it, uh, the the you know when you look at rock that's at cutoff grade, it looks like nothing. It just looks like gabbro. Uh, maybe sometimes with a bit of bleaching, not very much, and then you get these fractures in the gabbro. 
and they have these 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 uh, these calcopyrite veinlets in the in the gabbro. When you get up to one percent uh, copper, then obviously you see a lot more veinlets and stuff like that. But but it, but it's uh, the cut the cutoff grade is really most of the geologists can't recognize it. And is it a vein density thing? And presumably, when you've got higher vein densities, you've got some veins which are thicker, wider as well, so you can increase your volume as well as the number of veins. Yes, that's right. And the the wider the vein, the that we see, the wider the stope, if you want, the wider the stope. Okay, the, the wider the halo around it as a general rule, but it's not strictly speaking because it moves back and forth. And where you have multiple veins that, that kind of in the same area, you get overlapping of these uh, of these halos and and the uh, and and the the, uh, the mineralization becomes more continuous. Okay, right. Before we go down too much of a geological rabbit yeah. hole, let's just yeah. come put put our, put our heads out again. Okay, and so just remind me when. Yeah, remind me when. Can I just ask, sorry, when, yeah, when, when, when did the underground mine close and how long has it been? 1991. Okay. Decommissioned okay. everything, removed everything, the mill, everything. The, the tailings were, were, were decommissioned also. So, and then, and then they, uh, and then Falconbridge left town. Okay. Wow. Okay? That's, uh, and since then it's been sitting there uh, in, in 1994 was, uh, property was acquired by the vendor that the, the people we, we, we optioned the property from. And um, and and they for a period of thirty years they they had this thing and they did some work uh, I would say overall they did about maybe eight thousand meters of uh, of drilling overall over the 30, 30 some almost thirty years twenty five years and um, and they um, they uh, they they looked at different different options but it was always as for the most part it was trying to bootstrap the the project and uh, and they and they were never they were never able to do that. And uh, and they they had there's a number of groups that looked at this uh, over the years, but nobody really they could not come to terms with the with what we, they were looking at. And when, uh, did you, when, when did you switch from thinking? Hang on, this is a um, a structural. I was involved personally in the project to... since 2007. Okay. Okay. I started looking at this thing, and and uh, I knew the vendor. It was a, a guy I'd worked with in the past, Edwin Goshi. Who's a who's a, a an entrepreneur from Quebec City and um, and uh, he's really well known in in Quebec, and uh, and uh, he uh, uh, he asked me to look at this because I, I'm like I said I'm a geo he's a geophysicist and uh, and my my uh, initial take was when I started looking at the historical maps was that yeah there was a lot of mineralization in the Walra whether we could do something with it wasn't so so clear but certainly there was a lot of mineralization and uh, and and it you know it didn't it didn't originally hit me the impact of this geometry of the, of these football fields full of these veins and how that would relate back to the economics of, of mining. And, uh, but, but uh, I, what I did recommend at that time was that you start digitizing the information because it's the only way that we could get it, the data in the format that other people could evaluate. And so they initially did uh, digitize all the logs. There were 16, 16,500 uh, drill logs from the from the period, and uh, and he captured the 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 all of the the uh, uh, the the collar information, the the uh, the downhole survey information, and the assays. That's that's it. Didn't digitize the geology because it's just too complex to do that. And so we so had you this could, information. So you could see the 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 grade halos around the. Because if you had some cross-cutting yes, drill holes, you could see the yeah. great, you could see and the we great could see distribution. It in the ma underground maps too, right? We could see there's a lot of chip sampling in the underground, and we could see that there, there was mineralization. And in the drill holes, what we could see was typically is that they would they would sample the high grade uh, 
copper veins and all of the low grade stuff they wouldn't really sample very much unless it was very near the uh, the the mining uh, stopes where they needed to have the assay boundary and in in which case but beyond that where all of the low grade material basically went went unsampled and you you, you i think your cutoff uh, conceptual cutoff is 0.2% copper isn't it yes uh, yeah uh, it's uh, right now that's what well that's what we used in last uh, Last, last, last fall. Depending on the size of the project, that that could, uh, and also the long-term price of copper, that that could that could uh, go down a bit uh, for us. But in any event, at uh, at the average grade that we're looking at, uh, we have a lot of uh, of uh, we have a lot of room. Uh, there, there's you know it's a very robust. Uh, grade compared to the cutoff. And how much internal waste is there kind of in your current quite pit? A, or, quite a bit, obviously, because of the because of the average grade, right? You know, when you do an optimized pit, you you know that that they it will actually it will it will dig the, the your your software, the algorithm will will dig until you get a, an inversion of the growth of your NPV, right? That's how it works. And yep. so at the 0.85 uh, equivalent copper average grade, the 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 uh, the, the strip ratio is quite high. I mean, officially we're not we're not allowed to talk about it uh, because we don't have a PEA, but but it's you know, but it's in it's over five and and less than ten, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, but but uh, but the thing is is that and getting back to the to the our fundamental problem of the of of the of the resource in say in the pit is that. When we digitized these these uh, these veins at the in the to back in 2019, uh, we didn't have a lot of drilling. We had you know we 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 didn't have any of our drilling or very basically none of our drilling, and uh, and uh, and so we we put our envelopes on the basis of the information that we had. But then when we drilled in in 2019 and 2021, uh, particularly, it became very evident that there was quite a Quite a quite a lot of uh, of uh, of assays or grades, no low grade, but but there was a lot of mineralization that was sitting outside these veins and env- vein envelopes and above and so, your and above your cutoff. Yes, right. Well, we, you know it, that what yeah we, obviously there was above above our, our cutoff, but at point two, it's not you know as you know it's not very much, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so we uh, we added a, another category called the halos which was for better you know for want of a better term uh, we used that that, that that category and um, but but what happened was when we did the uh, when we did the interpolation on these on these halos they were very conservative in the way they did it so so they were using a 20 meter uh, search radius and essentially the the the, the mineralization collapsed around the drill holes Okay, so, so and we were fairly far away from the from the vein from the stopes for the as a general rule, and okay, and there so, was so they, when you say search radius, it was kind of um, a, a horizontal search radius. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, yeah, yeah it was fer- really it's spherical for the most part. It was spherical. Uh, okay, was, okay, spher- spherical. Yeah, and and um, and so 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 uh, uh, w- when we did the audit of the of the uh, the, the block model uh, last fall after the publication of the resource. It it be, it became very very clear that uh, that outside of the uh, outside of the block model, there's still quite a bit of uh, of uh, there's still quite a bit of of, uh, of grade, uh, and um, and so we we decided that we we and this has been this is our our main focus right now, is to is to go back 
looking at the block model and seeing uh, exactly, because all of that, remember uh, the, the halo mineralization, it's all inferred. There's no, there's no indicate. We have 80 million tons of, uh, of measured and indicated, okay? But only, only 20 million tons of, uh, of inferred, but it's basically all in the halo. And, and so we, we are convinced that by, by, by uh, uh, drilling extensively, um, you know, away from the away from the original veins into the halo ha halo uh, features, particularly in the foot wall of the veins, which are which are which are undersampled for again for historical reasons because we chose until until now we chose not to drill not to to spend a lot of effort drilling through the through the stopes because of engineering difficulties. But this year, this is going to be one of our focus. Uh, is is uh, is drilling through the stopes to get to get uh, sampling in the foot wall of the of the veins of each of each of these veins the major veins anyway, and okay. and so so that just, will uh, sorry could I just ask yeah. how much how much drilling um, you said you did some drilling in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty and thirty five hundred um, you did thirty five hundred meters over the two thousand nineteen yeah two thousand nineteen and six um, yeah, so just to be clear we did we did thirty five hundred meters in twenty nineteen ourselves there was eight thousand meters done by the previous owners yeah um, we did and then in twenty twenty uh, no excuse me twenty twenty one we did twenty thousand meters ourselves and yeah. uh, since then let's call it starting in November December out till about June, um, uh, June, July, we have 60,000 meters planned. And those 60,000 meters are focused squarely on what Charles is describing is, is drilling into the halo mineralization to open that up. I mean, a lot of that, just, just for, for clarity, a lot of that halo mineralization that we see in our model, we know it's there, is calculated as waste. And so that's, that's the opportunity for us is to get some drill density in there, get some data, and convert what is being calculated as, as effectively an expense and turn that into a, a profit center for this mine and assist in our economics, increase the tons, uh, lower our strip, increase the contained metal, and uh, you know, uh, ultimately be, uh, the, from our perspective, that's clearly where we're going to get the best ROI on our investment is focus on optimizing or just, as I said, converting as much waste uh, to ore as possible. And then, and then later in terms of next year, or excuse me, uh, Q2, uh, we're going to start evaluating looking outside of the pit. But right now it's all about doing what Charles is talking about is, is, is optimizing. Okay. Uh, Q2, Q2 next year. Q2 this year. So we're so we got so we're not we're not even thinking about it. So just a, a step back. Right now, um, it's all about the sixty thousand meters uh, in the pit. Yep. Later in Q2 of this year, we're going to start thinking about and perhaps talking about a drill program outside of the Springer Perry pit because, as Charles also indicated, we've got. Uh, the third and the fourth mine, which comprise the Opavisca, which is the Cook and the Robitaille. And then there's an entire, you know, the entire trend uh, in, in, in Chape Shibugumu district along the Gwilym Fault, which we have 13 kilometers of. It's never been properly uh, evaluated and explored, certainly not in the context of an, of an open pit mineralization. So we've got more yeah. targets than we can, we, can, we can practically focus on right now due to all sorts of limitations and the time and, and, and sort of brain power. So it's, it's, we had to sort of evaluate. We got that resource come in September. We tore it apart uh, from a resource perspective and understood where the holes are. Where can we make this better? That's what we're focused on right now. But you know, my message is it's just the beginning. 
this project has a huge expansion potential beyond what we're focused on today. And we're going to get to that later in the year once we're call it well, uh, you know, the drill program is well matured and, and underway. Thank you. That's that's really useful. And just let me, if I'm, while you're talking, I was kind of just thinking about, imagine you had a strip ratio of five to one, just as, just, just imagine you had, and if you had 80 odd million tons, you'd have five times that as waste. So you'd have 400 million tons of waste. But if you can take 20 million tons and turn it into resource, take it from the inferred Kind of up into your kind of into your into your pit, that would change you from uh, eighty to four hundred to a hundred to three eighty. Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. is exactly you, you, get, you three, get the math. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the three point eight to one against yeah. the five to one. It's just it's just that's that simple right. conversion. That's right. That's right. It's almost and, and exponential. And a, if you can if yeah. you can convert that that waste into ore, the impact on your strip ratio is as you know the math is phenomenal, and so that's exactly yeah. what we're. Yeah. So, yeah. so even if we have a, even if we our average grades go, your average grade goes down, it doesn't really matter because we're our, our, our the quantity of metal, we're still we have a lot of uh, of uh, of uh, of uh, um, uh, we have a lot of room. Okay, we have a lot of ceiling on our on our on our on our resource uh, grade. So, so we can we we can really increase the amount of metal copper metal in the system. Uh, even even if we're at a slightly lower grade, because our strip ratio goes down, everything goes down, and and at the end our strip ratio is going to be limited. It's going to be constrained by the contact of the sill, right? So it's a it's that's and, kind of a hard boundary, and uh, and and it, by the it, town, and by the well by the town, yes, but but we think that we can we can do uh, we're we're doing some work right now to to uh, to to address part of that issue. One is that obviously when they did the resource last fall, it was a vanilla flavored. Uh, pit right and uh, because it would use no no uh, no no uh, no no rock mechanic data to 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 suggest what angle of pit that the wall that should be used and so we we are we are doing some um, uh, rock mechanic study uh, preliminary work this uh, this uh, this year in order to inform the uh, the PEA eventually when we when we do it because we think that because the the still it's very competent the gabbro is very competent uh, we we think that we can we can get some uh, much steeper much steeper angles and as you know just a few degrees difference in a pit wall makes a huge difference in the strip ratio. Yeah, so yeah, so that's absolutely. really yeah that's that's uh, that's kind of our strategy. So okay so so just to get back uh, on 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 the on the focus of what this resource what we think we can do. So what we plan on doing this year okay is we're going to we're capturing a bunch of geology okay. Uh, from the historical uh, drill holes, we have our own geology, obviously, from our holes, but we're capturing a bunch of geology from the historical drill holes, and 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 we're going to eliminate the veins and the and the, the halo, and we're going to start again. Okay, we're going to reinterpret this with all the data we have, and we're going to reinterpret uh, mineralized envelopes. It's going to be called mineralized envelopes, and it's going to encompass everything, and it's going to be able to allow us to interpolate. It, what was the halo? It's going to allow us to interpolate uh, as as the as the, the all together with the mineralized envelope. So that that'll that'll give us uh, a much more confidence in the uh, in the in the resource, and uh, and it, it'll it'll allow us to move uh, to move a, a lot of the material that's currently like well the, the 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 material that's all in the in the in the inferred category that's in the halo it'll allow us to move a bunch of that with the drilling that we're going to do uh, the drill spacing was going to be maximum of about 40 50 meters it's going to allow us to move us that into the indicated category so so we 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 expect that we're going to increase the 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 amount of uh, of uh, of tons you know uh, of uh, 
of economic tons in, in the deposit and, and uh, decrease the, the strip ratio and uh, have less an impact on the town and, and overall just, uh, just uh, improve the, the quantity of metal uh, basically, uh, at the cost of a slight decrease in the in the grade, the average grade. Thank you. And um, I also noticed in your presentation that you talk about historic uh, recoveries being good. Um, have you done any work on the lower grade material? Because um, you said that it's hard to see in the ore. Um, the geologists. I mean, uh, will you? How how visual will it be between? Um, presumably, they can see the difference between the gabbro and the and the and the volcanics. But well, between the, between the ore and the non, you know, does the grains does yeah, the grains? We, we analyze really everything. We analyze have everything. You, have you done petrographic studies? Have you done metallurgical test work on the low grade material? There there is a there is a, a, a student that just finished a master's degree and he did some petrography and it's basically it's all it's it's essentially the same thing except that the 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 grades are lower but everything is all in structures in fractures so so we do expect that the that the that the liberation is going to be very favorable for for that stuff but we're doing some testing this year because the the average grade is lower considerably lower so so we do expect that we're 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 going to we're going to get a, a lower recoveries but on the other hand this is 30 years later and uh, metallurgical technology uh, has improved at least qualitatively if not you know and quite quantitatively things have improved quite a bit so our our our, our uh, we think that our the 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 key factor or not key factor but one of the the things that we're watching out for really is the is our gold recoveries I was going to ask: Does your gold go in yeah. the chalcopyrite, or is it, do you have a gravity? Is there a free gold element? Okay, so the, the the answer the answer to that is is that they they uh, for for a long for for most of the history of the mine, they they uh, the they, the only recovery gold from that went into the chalcopyrite in the in the concentrate and was shipped to the horn smelter, and um, when they when they decided to mine the Cook mine. Um, uh, it, uh, that, that deposit is, uh, is similar. It's structural deposit, very similar to, to the rest, but it's dominated by gold. So it has about five, a bit over five grams of gold that they mined on average and about 0 0.8, 0 0.7, 0 0.8 copper. And, uh, they, they, they found that, uh, so, so the historical recoveries of gold was about 80%. Okay. And, uh, but they found that by adding a, a, a gravity circuit, they were they were able to increase the uh, the recoveries of gold to over eighty five percent, and yep. and they they consider that to be uh, sufficient for for in their trade off studies at the time uh, it was towards the end of, it was yeah towards the end of the mine and they figured that was sufficient so that's going to be obviously part of our of our exercise, but we will also do some some initial testing to see you know what it would look like if we were to produce. Uh, uh, if we produce a sulfide con after the uh, after the after floating the copper, uh, and uh, you know whether we would we, where, whether we could get by cyanidation by regrinding cyanidation whether we'd get uh, uh, you know a higher higher recovery of gold. But we're looking at a probably we're we're looking at probably five maybe ten percent at the most uh, uh, improved recovery. Uh, it could be significant, particularly in the southern part of the deposit, because. As we get closer to the Gwilym Fault, the the, uh, the the gold grades tend to increase. And okay, so. um, what are the other sulfides in the in in there apart from chalcopyrite? Is it pyrite uh, and pyr uh, pyrite? Yeah, mainly it's pyrite, 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 pyrite for the for yeah. the most part. Yeah, yeah. pyrite, yeah. pyrite. Okay. Uh, there's there's a there's a little bit of sphalerite here and there. There's a there's a, a little bit of cobaltite. Uh, there's a couple of other minerals, but for the most part, when you look at the overall enrichment, it's pretty it's pretty low. 
Okay, so yeah, they're there, but they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not all that uh, volumetrically sig- significant. Great. And could could we just could you pull up a map of the other um, of the kind of the, the region and the other in the presentation? You've got those those the, the cross faults, the Shibaguma and the, the VMS trend. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. the uh, the the best one. Just so by, I can understand. By thirteen, I believe. Where you're going to be going to uh, in Q two and beyond? Yeah, infinity and beyond. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the, the, the reason why I showed the things this way, it's obviously very cartoonish. The reality is, 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 is in detail quite, quite, uh, quite different, but, but it, does, it does highlight a couple of, a couple of important things that, that, that we see. Uh, first of all, it, um, it, uh, it shows the, the, the spatial relationship between the Guillem Fault and these deposits in Chapet. Uh, all of these deposits are located within either the, the Venture or Bourbo Sill. Sills, uh, which are part, which are the same age. These are layered, uh, stacked layered sills, uh, part of what we call the Cummings complex in the in the Shibugumo area, and uh, and these were deformed uh, initially and verticalized, and then they were redeformed, and that's what produced these uh, these 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 parasitic fold structures on the edge of the of the Guillem fault, and uh, but the. But but the, the Guillem fault is not is not alone. It's it's uh, it's part of a, a network of uh, northeast uh, trending faults and uh, and uh, and uh, and northwest trending parasitic or or satellite or or uh, splay structures that are coming off. And it's these uh, it's these northeast and northwest uh, directions that are the most uh, the most important for mineralization. Not just here, but it's also in Shibugamu. Shibugamu, the mineralizations in the in the camp, the central camp, they're either in northeast or northwest trending structures. So the, we 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 make a, a direct comparison of of the of the of the the mineralization here that we see in the in the in the Chape district with what people see in the Shibugamu district. We think it's the same event. Okay. Uh, it's just a question of how you interpret that mineralization that we, that 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 uh, that that differs, but it's essentially the, we're looking at the same event. So this uh, north the Guillem Fault is all is parallel to another structure that we found in the in the uh, uh, on the, uh, the the property. It's called the Scott Fault. And uh, and and that that structure is is uh, is not only parallel to it, but it's also it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a it's a structure that is related to a, a whole series of these northeast uh, structures that originally were formed when the when you had the very intense north south compression and everything became vertical. They reached a point where you couldn't fold, you couldn't deform anything anymore. So everything broke along these northeast structures, and they started to move in a in a in a sinistral fashion. They started to move, okay, and that was the origin of the of the fold structures at uh, at um, at uh, at the uh, at Chapet, the Opamiska property. Okay, that's uh, that's how we understand. Yeah. And so yeah, okay. there are other structures like that. There's also uh, bridging structures like the Shubungamu Copper Fault, which is well known. Okay, and um, and the mineralization is uh, there's there's mineralization along these structures, along these northeast structures. But most of the mineralization we found in the camp is on is on is on splays that are, are oriented either east west or northwest. Can I just ask? Yeah, how much of the exploration in this area has been? done in a sense because i remember falconbridge famously and naranda famously were just on the hunt for vms not just but they they, they really focused their search for vms projects uh you know um is, is there glacial till here can you see yeah. an outcrop has there been 
um, auger drilling? What's the geochemistry look like? How mature is this as an exploration the, environment? Well, in terms of our interpretation, it's not mature at all. Okay, there has been a lot of work in the area. All of the uh, all of the see if you say wildcat drilling was all focused on on drilling geophysical anomalies. Okay, it was the only reason why the only reason why Springer was discovered was because it it it, it, it outcropped and uh, and and all of the other deposits in the in the in the in the Chappé district were 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 discovered as near mine exploration where they were doing uh, exploration drilling either from underground or from surface and 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 they just um, they just just came upon these deposits by through through brute brute force uh, drilling and luck yeah Sorry, no, could... for sure for sure but but what i what i'm trying to get at is is that what i'm trying to get at is is that the the uh, is that when you look at the at the regional context in ter- in relation to the model, the the metallogenic model that we're proposing for the camp, it opens up a lot of uh, a lot of areas, and there's a lot of areas where the Gwilym Fault and the and the Scott Fault and the Shibugumu Copper Fault, where they intersect favorable lithologies, for instance, Gabros or 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 you know Mafic Sills and stuff like that, and and these areas, uh, some of these areas have been drilled. And uh, and and sometimes they get some some uh, some stray results, but ne- they've never been able to really build it up into a significant tonnage. But but uh, but w- but we believe that with a combination of high resolution magnetics, okay, which we're which we're doing right now at 50 meter spacing with a with a, a very a light helicopter, and uh, interpreting uh, that information that data in relation to the our understanding of the deformation along the Gwilym Fault. And 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 then following up on those structures, on those interpreted structures, following up uh, with either uh, ground prospecting or or and or uh, IP surveying, because it's a, this important point, uh, Merlin, is that the mineralization at Chapet does not respond to geophysics. Okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't respond to it. it. So it doesn't give you EM targets. It'll give you an IP target if you're right on top of it. Otherwise, the geophysics doesn't Charles, really respond you, very well. Charles, could you drop the, so um, the image again, please? Sorry. That's okay. Um, so, r- really, what it looks as if you're going to be doing is you're doing a project-wide gravity survey, which will give you mag, structure. Mag, mag. Sorry, sorry, so mag, mag survey, which will give you structure, and it should help you be able to map um, geological units. You should yeah. be able to see the gabbros. You should be able to see the the yeah. favorable horizons. And then, then I, I don't know how much outcrop there is, but it sounds as if the exploration historic exploration is focused on the small amounts of outcrop. It's. it's I, yeah. I worked in northern There's Sweden. There's a lot of till. A lot of till. Yeah. A lot of till. A lot of, and, lot of till. And, yeah. And and the, do you know what the depth is to the? Of, it's of that not term? very deep. It's not. It's not very deep. Typically, it's less than uh, than twenty meters, and on average, mm. I would say it's less than ten meters. Okay, but still, ten meters is thirty feet, right? I mean, still, it, it it's it's still you you it only gives you uh, on the order of uh, you know less than five percent outcrop. So so, but but the thing, and there is magnetics data for the air for the whole area, but it's at two hundred meters. Okay, the yeah. two hundred meter line spacing is is great for finding VMS deposits. But but when you're trying to interpret fine-grained structures, satellite structures around fault zones and stuff like that, you can't get enough resolution on your magnetics, right? So that's really what we're, we're trying to do. Get the maximum resolution uh, 20, at 50 meters, which is a practical limit for airborne. Or maybe with a, with a drone, you could do it better than that. Uh, but but uh, for, for a small helicopter, 
uh, our data, and and we know from 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 uh, from uh, from discussing this issue uh, with a bunch of you know with other people and geophysicists, and they say that you know 50 meter helical heliborn, it's like amazing data. Okay, in terms yeah, of it is. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've worked on similar data yeah. sets. Um, and have you thought about doing ionic leach geochemistry or getting a power yeah. algorithm to to to, to yeah, that's whole? A, I've I've worked with a, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, geochemistry. Um, um, I, I've been uh, I, I've been disappointed for the most part uh, with that. Um, but uh, to be to be frank, um, Kenner, Kennerland uh, have had success, uh, significant uh, eye-opening success up in Troilus nearby, and uh, and it's something that I'm aware of that, you know, and how they did it. And uh, it turned, they, they initially started with till sampling and they found out that they could, uh, they could get basically uh, same, the same result with just straight soil sampling. And uh, that really freaked me out when I found out, because like I, I said, we've been doing a lot of, a lot of soil geochemistry in the habitat before a long time. Okay. With very little result. Okay. With very little result. And, uh, but here, remember, we're not in the clay belt. Okay. So it's a, it's a we're in the tills. Uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of lodgement till near surface comes to near surface, and so we can see we we we, we can see the relationship between the between the material in the in the tills and the, and the bedrock. So, so yeah, the in principle it should work. Um, how to get it to work? That's uh, another issue. But I, I think that firstly, what we need to do is like fly it, prospect it, and then you know where we have the uh, where where we have the. Uh, 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 interesting geology. Uh, there's already some targets that we've identified that we need to look at. Like for instance, under Springer Lake, uh, there is it's right off the edge of the uh, of the Gwilym Fault, and there's historical drilling there that's uh, that had that had significant results. And we know from our interpretation that this is part of a it's a, another another splay structure off the Gwilym Fault, and 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 it was drilled as a as a as a one-off thing that didn't intersect economic grade over economic width, and therefore they walked away. Okay, that's yeah. uh, that's typically what would happen in these things. So we need to look at these things carefully and uh, and follow up on the historical results. So Merlin, I think just to sort of sum it up there from from my my seat, it's uh, you know we're in a, we're clearly in a very mature district, a lot of mining, uh, a lot of exploration, but uh, clearly we've shown a different interpretation of how the yeah. Springer Perry yeah. uh, is sort of manifests itself and mm-hmm. how we're uh, interpreting it. But I think that can be extrapolated across the entire Gwilym Fault and perhaps other areas in this district. It just hasn't been. Uh, approached and interpreted the way we have, and hence the exploration techniques and potential discoveries outside of what we're you know laser focused on right now hasn't been evaluated. And so we're going to get there. Uh, our interpretation of this is just the beginning. So we've got a very you know great start with a hundred million ton pit in the middle of Quebec with all this great infrastructure. Uh, we're going to continue to move that forward and define that. That's a mine in in our minds today, and it's only going to get better. But then beyond that, there's just there's a ton of work to do. So, you know, in, in summation, it's early days on on this project. It is really early days. Um, thank you both. I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking to you both. I've, I've got a much better understanding of the geology and the kind of the concept, the exploration concept, and the way that you're working it. Um, Charles, I think you and I um, could. Um, sit in a camp and talk about exploration strategy for a day, but perhaps not in this forum. Um, um, yeah. Good luck with the 60,000 metres uh, that will be from now over the next six months. Good luck with the conclusion of the MAG survey and how that informs your exploration going forwards. 
Uh, I'll be looking to see your news flow with great interest. Um, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. Pleasure.